Our reading today comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Listen now for the word of the Lord. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, dear Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One of my favorite things about Michigan um, is something that we already have touched on, and that's the fact that uh, we have four seasons in Michigan, and we get to experience all of them in their fullness. We're not Florida, where like winter doesn't exist. We're not like upper Alaska, where maybe summer is not really summer. I like that we get the full gambit. And there's something beautiful about each season. We've talked about winter and the sledding and the snowing and all the good things that come with that. And um, there's also, you know, fall which is when we get to see all the beautiful colors, all the leaves are falling, you get to jump in leaf piles, everything good, football starts, everything starts in fall, everything that's taken a break over the summer. In the summertime, we have summer vacation, everyone's taking little breaks, the, the days are really long, so it feels like we actually get to enjoy all of our days. It's not like hard to go out at night like it is in the winter. Right now I'm like, oh, six o'clock, it's dark, it's basically bedtime. But in the summer, you can kind of go forever. Like, it's 10 o'clock and the sun just set. In the spring, I think that was my favorite season in college, particularly because I went to a small school. It's called Hope College. It's on the west side of the state, and it gets so much snow. But everyone in the winter, like, has layers upon layers on, and they just kind of trudge to their next class and they look down because you don't want the wind to go into your eyes. You don't want the snow blowing into your eyes. But in the spring, everyone starts to look up again and you get to make eye contact with people and wave to people that you see on the sidewalk as you're going to class. And I love that. Like I love that feeling of reconnecting and the way that life is coming back. My favorite smell is the smell when all the snow is melting and like you can smell the earth you know, like start to like grow and it's kind of like warm. I don't know how to describe it more than that, but I think you all know maybe what I'm talking about, but that smell is so good. I love all these things about the seasons. They're so different and they each bring something new. And I think in Michigan, we know seasons more than other people. <laughs> I just think we do. Maybe like some other states got it too, but we just, we just really know. And I think the author of Ecclesiastes also knows the seasons pretty well. This might be a pretty familiar list. Time to plant, time to pluck up, 
time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to weep, a time to laugh. Embracing and embracing, he covers pretty much everything under the sun. And this list is not the easiest thing to read. I always kind of hesitate by the time I get to uh, verse 3, and we have to say a time to kill and a time to heal, and I'm like, well, I don't know if we have to have a time to kill. I think we could probably skip that and be all right. And we use this verse for weddings sometimes, like quite often, and that seems weird to me that we're just talking about casually killing in our wedding verses. Time for war, times for hating. And I get this little hesitant feeling that says, maybe we shouldn't be embracing these seasons. Maybe we shouldn't be hoping for these times. On one hand, it shows the balance and understanding of the twists and turns of life, of how there's so many different things. But really a time for war? Are there really, is there really a time when we should decide it's time for hate? I really don't think so. I know that my instinct in most situations is to think about what I can do, how I can act. If someone's upset or sad, I'm starting to make a list. All right, how can I fix this problem? What can I do to change this for them? Or when something is going on in the world, my instinct is, what can I do? How can I help? And another tendency that I know I have is when I read the Bible, is to lean into the things that I have to do to be a Christian. I think about the things that I have to uh, get done, like be kind to my neighbor, love everyone, fight injustice, you know, I got my checklist of things to do. And I think that instinct of, you know, having to fix things and our instinct of having to check the little boxes of our list to be a good Christian comes into play with this verse. We see this as we have to go and plant. There's a time to plant, so we must go and plant. There's a time to mourn, so we should be mourning. There's a time for seeking, so we should be doing that seeking. We see this list as a check mark to get through life. You know, I've already thrown away stones and lost something, and I was born, so I'm doing pretty good. But I still have three more things to get through. You know, I have to throw some stuff away, I have to sew some things. But I don't think that's what this verse is. I don't think it's a prescriptive list of things that have to get done, that we have to participate in. I think it's a descriptive list of what the world is around us. The author of Ecclesiastes is far from an optimist. Um, I think he would maybe classify himself as a realist. Earlier in the book, um, he writes these other verses um, life is a toil. It's absurd. It's meaningless. All things are wearisome. All things are vanity and chasing after the wind. I guess maybe even pessimist would be the better word for him. But I think whether it's through pessimism or realism, he gives us this gift of description of our world as it is. There are times and seasons of the world of all of the things on this list, whether we like it or not. Not things that we have to participate in, but that exist. To take a day like January 6th and not call that a season of hate would be not to see the world as it is. 
to be in denial about the, life, the lives lost in our Fort Street community recently and not name that a season of death and loss and mourning would be a disservice to the people that we lost. I think there are times that naming something is really important. And this is what Ecclesiastes is doing. It's naming these different seasons of our world, saying, yes, these things exist. And sometimes that comforts me, that I'm not going crazy, that I'm not seeing things, that it's not just another random twist of the world, but that these things happen. To not recognize that you're in a season that you're in might mean losing what you could gain from that season. You're losing the gifts, you're losing the chance to rest, the time to allow yourself to experience those things fully. And it definitely might mean that you're missing the community around you. I really love the seasons in Michigan, but one thing that I don't love about Michigan is that you get every season more than once. <laughs> you get first winter, and then you get false spring, where everything melts really quick, and then you get a second winter, where we get two feet more snow. And then we get another like little false spring start, and then we get our last dump of snow, final winter, before we finally transition into spring. And then that back and forth, that longing for a new season, or maybe like rejection of the new season, that can be one of the hardest times. We might want to move forward to something new, or we want desperately to stay where we are and to not move forward. I would say our country is still in a pandemic season right now, and it's kind of gotten to that back and forth moment where one minute we are kind of relaxing things and online worship isn't necessary. And then all of a sudden we're double masking again. We're trying to figure out uh, what to do next. Can, do we have to cancel these events? And that back and forth, that unknown, that transition of seasons is really, really difficult. And I think naming the fact that it's difficult, naming the fact that we've gone back and forth a bunch of times, the fact that we're tired is really important. It might not be the happiest, the most optimistic way forward, but I think it's really important to stop and name the fact that we're tired. This is hard. Detroit is in a changing season as a city. Neighborhoods are changing. Downtown is different. Fort Street specific neighborhood is really shifting in what it is and what it needs. And that's hard for us as people who are downtown, as people who live and try to connect with our community. It's hard not to know what to do, not to really understand quite where we're going to be. We're kind of still moving. We're kind of still changing and growing. It's hard. But I wonder if naming that and wondering what Fort Street season is might help us in naming it. You might be going through any myriad of seasons right now. You might be learning to be a parent of a walking, talking child instead of one that just kind of rolls on the floor. You could be letting go of someone you loved. Maybe it's the joy and laughter of being a grandparent. Maybe it's the busyness of working really hard. We can name these realities and share them with each other 
and that helps us grow together and learn how to be together. And I was gonna skip this because I thought we were gonna be in the sanctuary, but then we moved here. So now we're gonna do it. We are going to take a minute and we're gonna pause and reflect and think about maybe what season we might be in right now. It could be one from the lists that I've read off. It could be one that you kind of make up in your own head of parenthood or school or any of those things. And we're gonna turn to our neighbor and I invite you to share that with them. What season are you in right now? And I know sometimes our instinct is to, you know, fix things, to do things, like I said earlier, but we're just gonna hear and honor each other in that season. And I think that could be just as worthwhile as doing something. So everyone take a beat, think about maybe where you're at. I can list off a couple more ideas if you need one. I invite you to turn to someone near you, a neighbor, friend, and share what season of life you're going through. If you're online, you can share it in the chat or message somebody. I forgot about you, but I didn't forget about you right now. and wrap it up if one more person needs to go get through them real quick two more people need to go okay
Alright, I'm going to call us back together. Thank you all for participating in that. I know it can be a little nerve-wracking, but I think that sharing together and naming things together means we get to walk through things together. That we get to be a community together, that we get to learn more, trust each other, and be together. And we have the season that our country is going through, that the world is going through, that we are personally going through, and we as a church are going through together. And I just invite you to wonder more and more about where you are and where the church is so that we can learn from where we are and describe our reality and be together. I know some of us are in harder seasons or in joyous seasons, but I invite us all to hear this final word from Ecclesiastes. This list starts with birth and ends with peace. Birth is something we have no control over, but new life comes from God. And peace might not always be the world we live in, but we end the list with it anyway. In the rhythm of this passage, if you look at the last two lines, the last couplet, we have a time to love and a time to hate, a time for peace and a time for war, is how it should read, right? If it was to mirror itself, to go love, to hate, peace to war. But it doesn't do that. It flips it in a moment of faithful hope, of maybe the optimism that might sneak into our really upset teacher of Ecclesiastes. Instead, he writes a time for love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. This list is bookended by birth and peace. God is faithful in all seasons, no matter where we might be. God will have the final word on our world with a season of peace. May our world be no different than how it will end. Pray with me. God, thank you for your faithfulness. God, thank you for the ways that you show care and love in any season of life that we are going through. God, I pray that you comfort, that you love, and that you show us your way forward. Help us to name things that are hard and difficult, and help us to rest 